Washington heads to Philadelphia on Monday night football. We will be streaming live on Monday night. It's probably going to just be Stoner and I as Trev will be at Sky Bar that night as they are open up on Mondays. The But we're, we're going to have our live play-by-play. We will be synced up, giving you all the great stuff. The soundboard is live. It's going to be jamming. It's going to be lots of fun. Hopefully, as Washington tries to avenge the loss earlier in the season, 24-8, to Philadelphia currently undefeated. And I love mm-hmm. this from uh, OPG Bubbles. Hey, we can beat the Eagles because the Steelers were 11-0 and when we beat them. That's true. There's some history there. What That's do you think, Stoner? Do you think Washington has a legitimate shot? And by legitimate, I mean like more than like 25% chance. More than 25% chance, yes. More than 26% chance, probably not. <laughs> and I, I don't line right at 25. Yeah, wherever you put the line, I was going one one percent uh, over was where the line is going to be. Uh, I don't. I they don't they they match up well with Philadelphia. However, Philadelphia has certain parts of their game that are too much for Washington. And we saw that in the first game. Washington completely shut down Philadelphia's rushing attack. Completely shut them down. In fact, I don't even think Jalen Hurts had but one or two actual runs. He had a couple of scrambles, but I don't I don't even know if he got 10 yards rushing. You know, I I think I'm you're checking the up uh, yep, absolutely. box score right now. They, they ran uh, Philadelphia ran 30 times for 72 yards. Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts nine for 20. Okay, nine for 20. I mean, two yards of carry basically. Yeah, two. So they completely shut down the rushing attack, which the Eagles' rushing attack, I believe, is. I'm going to look it up here because I was checking it out earlier. The rushing attack is about sixth in the league. One, two, three, four, five, six is sixth in the league, and they completely shut them down. Now, the problem was their athletes on the outside, the A.J. Browns and the Devontae Smiths, they were the ones that worked our corners and our safeties and made plays. But I'm telling you, I said this immediately after the game. I tweeted this immediately after the game and got completely ratioed by the <laughs> Eagles community. But I still stand by it because they didn't really read it. All they did was get really offended by what I said, but they didn't really read what I said. And I said, I was not impressed with Jalen Hurts in this game. That's all I said. I didn't say Jalen Hurts wasn't any good. I didn't say the Eagles weren't any good. I didn't say they shouldn't have beat Washington. I just said I wasn't impressed with him. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to remind you, Nathan, why I wasn't impressed with him. And I threw away the, the sheet that I really needed. But I have uh, kind of the breakdown of Jalen Hurts' passes on that day. He completed 22 passes. I believe he was 22 of 33. Is that right? He was 22 of 35 for 340 yards. Yes. Huge amount of yards. If you just look at it on the baseline there, that's Mm -hmm. 9.7 yards a completion. What's the completion percentage of 22 of 35? Uh, now I'm going to have to do actual because okay. they don't. No, I thought that there. I thought that was on on the stats there on the on the stats page, but the point there, I mean, it's roughly 60. By the way, it's 62.9. If you wanted to give the three yeah. numbers, so I mean, that's not that's not great. Low 60 percent is not a great percentage. But hmm. why I was not impressed on his 22 completions, 
five of them, five of them were thrown longer than seven yards past the line of scrimmage. Five. He had five completions. I'm not saying that the play was not longer than seven yards. There was a lot of big plays, but they were short passes that were taken for long plays. So five of them. And of those five, you had one of them that was down the right-hand side to Devontae Smith that he caught out of bounds, but the officials called it inbounds. They got off a play before Ron could throw the challenge flag. That should not have been a completion, but it was. That was fine. One of them was a 50-50 ball to A.J. Brown down the left side. Okay? So that was not a good throw either because it was just a toss-up for grabs. A.J. Brown, greater than sign, Kendall Fuller on that play. He outplayed him. A third one was the long play right before halftime that he threw down the middle to double coverage of, again, Kendall Fuller and Bobby McCain that Devontae Smith went up and made a play on it. So three of the five were basically garbage throws that his playmakers made plays. Again, I'm not saying that the offense or that the team is not good. I was saying in that game, Jalen Hurts did not impress me because those throws were not impressive. The receivers were extremely impressive. And two other passes that went over seven yards. Everything else were just short pass, short pass, short pass. He's running the offense to perfection. He's doing everything that his coaches are asking him. He's doing it well. They're winning games. Fine. I'm not a Jalen Hurts believer yet. He's he's having a great year. He's running a college offense. They're probably I don't have the numbers. I'm not break I'm not a numbers guy. 75% of his pass plays are RPOs. Okay? He doesn't get the ball and go back and throw downfield. He just doesn't do that. That's not how the offense works. Good for them. The coach is designing plays to fit his style of play. So I get all of that. But you can beat this team if you can do two things. You can slow them down on running the ball, which Washington did. And the other key is turning the ball over or not turning the ball over, creating turnovers and not turning it over yourself. Philadelphia, I believe, is plus 15, number one in the league in turnovers. Plus 15. That's why they're doing so well. Washington is minus four. So that's the key to beating Philadelphia. Slow down that running game. Run the ball yourself. Don't turn the ball over. Create turnovers. It's, and uh, that's every game, really. Yeah, that's that's but every that's game. Here. It's, it's interesting. You bring up the, the turnover ratio of, uh, of plus 15. That's excellent turnover ratio. That's uh, insane. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that they also have out here, seven fumbles. Only one of them is lost. That's something that the, that you might see regress to the mean, which mm-hmm. means that that's very lucky that all these balls are bouncing their way. So that might be something that can that can be looked there. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I will talk. Doug uh, Curl did Cam Curl did play this Philly game. Now was first it game. was his first game back, mm-hmm. right? So he missed the first two games. So that was his first game back. Um, Allison, we appreciate you jumping in here, even if you are the the enemy. 
uh allison is a philadelphia fan she she uh she does a lot of those those dig downs here and i want to get to ask you a question and maybe you have this handy allison but uh allison says hurts through absolute dimes against pittsburgh he's getting better each week but you can say that of washington's defense as well especially since that game uh, have had much better luck against wide receivers. Justin Jefferson got his, but Washington actually did a good job of keeping him very limited in that regards. Uh, Dominic here says it's fine to make the points about his throws that game. You're absolutely right, Stoner. Look at that. Check that one on. Mark it down the calendar. Dominic says Stoner's absolutely right. But as as of recently, he has made great deep throws. I don't watch every Philadelphia game, so that's exactly. why I need Allison and the others to maybe you know chime in with the, that. I would love to see that uh, stat if you can provide it because I love me some stats. Yeah, but this is a game I think that Washington does have a, a, a legitimate chance. The fact that they are ten point underdogs going into this game is, I feel, very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You know, to the team. I get Washington isn't great, but this is a Philadelphia team that was pushed by the Texans just last week. They they dominated the Steelers. They had a good game against the Cowboys. They were pushed, you know, by the Cardinals and the Jaguars as well. You know, so this this is a, a team that I feel like, you know, maybe they didn't lose against Houston, but they're eventually going to fall on their face. And why not? Why not the Commanders, who have a stout run defense? They got to Jalen Hurts three times in that first game, mm-hmm. and their pass rush is has been only getting better and, right. and more consistent. So this is one of those things we're not gonna, we're probably not gonna see, and we're uh, Stoner's gonna bring up the the injury report. We're not gonna see Chase Young uh, back, but th- they didn't have Chase Young for the first one. This is a game that I think Washington can do. They do need to do have some success, like you were saying, Stoner, in the running game. Mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson was really the lone running back uh, for that. Jonathan Williams ran one time for six yards. J.D. McKissick ran three for eight. Antonio Gibson, 12 times for 38 yards. And Carson Wentz, three for 22. Curtis Samuel got used, three for 13. So not a great day, 22 for 87 for four-point yards a carry. Better than what uh, Philadelphia had. But they got behind pretty early, right? There was 24 24 nothing, right? Yes, 24 nothing in the yeah. second quarter. All, all 24 points scored within that second quarter. And so you kind of had to abandon the run a little bit. Mm-hmm. If Washington doesn't fall behind early this game on Monday Night Football, they might legitimately have a chance to stay with it and give Taylor Heineke an opportunity. Yeah, now, we, we tweeted this out, Stoners, as we're on Taylor Heineke here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring this one uh, to light here. I'm not going to show it on the screen. We tweeted it out. We put it in the community page. I haven't checked the community page uh, responses to it. Taylor Heineke has played four primetime games. He's completed 64% of his passes for about 246 yards a game. Five touchdowns, five interceptions. He has 15 carries, 54 yards, and a touchdown. And a two-for-two mm-hmm. two record. And, two for two or two and two? Two and two. Oh, okay. Yeah, four games, two and two. His And this is a little skewed, I would say, because one of those games was last year's game against Dallas where we lost 56 to 14. That was the game that he was just coming back 
from COVID. You've got to remember mm-hmm. he came, he missed the Philadelphia game, mm-hmm. and then he came came back and uh, and he was seven for twenty two that game. Just an awful game. One one TD, two touchdowns. Mm. Uh, you can't really take it away because that was a game he played, but the context behind it was that was a game that he was just coming back from the injury and illness list, and it was a, it was a stinker. Outside of that, this is why people love him. You got the Giants game uh, on uh, Thursday night football of last season, where mm-hmm. it was just an a- absolute just you know sc- you know high scoring game, thirty to twenty nine. You got the game that made everybody fall in love with them, Tampa Bay. In the postseason the year before, where you know Heineke you got everybody mm-hmm. loving that. Uh, and then they, the other primetime game was against Seattle, uh, where they won 17 to 15. And he threw for 77 percent there or uh with 223 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Yep, I remember that. Primetime game. Taylor Heineke, I think might be enough. Yeah. If the running game can get off to be able to challenge this undefeated team. Again, maybe burgundy glasses here. Well, here's the difference between the first game this year, the 24-8 debacle, or debacle, as you like to call it, and and where both teams are now. Sure, Philadelphia has gone undefeated. Philadelphia hasn't really played anybody, I would say, other than Minnesota. Minnesota's 7-1, and and their only loss is to... Philadelphia. I get it. You play who's on your schedule. That's what your record is. That's great. I'm not saying they shouldn't be 8-0 or that they're they're not a good team. I'm just saying they haven't really been tested by a good team yet. I'm not saying Washington's a good team. All I'm doing is putting it into context. Okay? But the difference between that game and this game for Washington is pretty significant, and here's what it is. One, is you have a different quarterback in there. You have a more mobile quarterback. Whether or not he's better than uh, Carson Wentz, that's debatable, and we'll probably talk about that here in a little bit as well. Okay? Two, you have Brian Robinson, who was – he wasn't playing that game. Is that correct? He wasn't quite ready yet because he Brian started Robinson on IR, game. right? Yeah, Brian Robinson was not on that game. Right. So you have Brian Robinson has been added to the running back core. Okay. Number three, William Jackson is gone, okay? I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know what the what it, what's going on there. But addition by subtraction, since William Jackson has been gone, the defensive backs have played a ton better, okay? He's not there anymore. Uh, the next one is they've moved St. Juiced, okay, and put him in a position to where he can play uh, a better cornerback, all right? So you've moved him outside. That's another difference, right? And then uh, lastly is the play of your linebackers slash defensive line have increased with the addition of Cam Curl coming back. Now, Curl did play that game. That was his first game back. Now he's back to almost to his Pro Bowl level uh, that he has played in the last couple of years. he's still the number one rated safety. By That's right. That's right. So you add all of those things up, and you said Chase Young's not playing. He might play. He has not been ruled out yet. So you could add that to the to the um, to the factors as well. This is a completely different defense than it was in Week Three, stat wise, health wise, and players in certain positions wise. 
completely different. And then on offense, obviously, you have the difference in quarterback and you have the addition of Brian Robinson. Now, you, I don't even know if Dotson played that. Did Dotson play that game? I he probably played that did. one, yes. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to play this one either. So it's a, this is a totally different Washington team. Record-wise, it's really about 500, but it is a different team. One of the parts on defense, Jamin Davis was still being lit up by his coaches uh, mm-hmm. at, on week three. This is right about the time that uh, all that those comments were being made public and that he was kind of having his own social media thing. Jamin Davis has come alive since that, that game, really, and he's uh, come into his own and shown that he has a is a very capable NFL uh, linebacker. You mentioned the the subtract uh, addition by subtraction. St. Juice has been doing wonderful. This is uh, you're going to have Smith. You're not going to have Smith, Devontae Smith, and I'll put a dollar on it right now. He's mm-hmm. not going to have 169 yards. Oh no, definitely not. Not and 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 the tackling has gotten better. The team hasn't been giving up as the Washington hasn't been giving up as many big plays as of lately when they were doing what they were doing back then. This is this is the longest the the three top wide receivers for Philadelphia that game. You mentioned Jalen Hurts average was like six yards from the line of scrimmage, right? It was the throws. Uh six six yard not not plays, six yards of play. It was six air yards per pass. Six air yards per pass. Yeah. The Devontae Smith had 45 yards for his longest reception. A.J. Brown, 38 yards for his mm-hmm. longest reception. Yep. Grant Calcaterra, yeah. 40 yard reception, his lone reception all, all game long. Yep. The team was just not tackling well. If Washington can contain and keep everything in front of them, which they have shown they can do, Washington is well within this. Uh, game and yes, Derek Forrest will be playing. Defoe is going to be out there. He is the uh, um, he is a strong safety. He often gets to play in the box, but with uh, the linebacker situation, Allison, we're probably going to see Cam Curl lining up more as like an additional linebacker next to Jamie Davis, depending on the health of our players. Which let's get to that right now, Stoner. You got the uh, injury report up. Well, here's the thing: there was no injury report because they did not have a practice today. They had a walkthrough. Because of the Monday Monday night night game, game. they've moved everything a day later. So no practice today, so therefore no injury report. Uh, But the ones that we're looking at that we're going to be very, very interested interested in are, of course, Chase Young, whether or not he's going to play. He's in week two now of his three-week period of whether they're going to sign him to the active roster or – sit him for the rest of the year. They're going to sign him, whether it's this week or next week. They're going to bring him up to the active roster. So you got Chase Young. You've got Jahan Dotson. That's another huge one. He hasn't played for five straight weeks, I believe now, because of his hamstring. He's a difference maker on offense. Uh, And then the third really big one for me is Cole Holcomb. You're starting middle linebacker. You're starting Green Dot, who, uh, who hasn't played the last two weeks. So you've got those three and then some also some peripheral guys or guys who are on the periphery peri, peri, whatever whatever the right word is uh give it to me what are you gonna give me i'm I not nothing no oh, you know, periphery, okay. if that, periphery yeah that's, that's what you're looking for uh guys like cole turner with his concussion david mayo the backup linebacker 
And um, who else was I thinking of? Oh, J.D. McKissick. Uh, so are those guys going to be ready for this Monday night game? I don't know. I, I certainly hope. I'd like to see. It would bring a good vibe if Chase Young is out there on Monday night football. Right? Especially the, if you just showcase one play. If he makes one play, make I think the play. defense just absolutely uh, yeah. gets and rallies behind that. Want to appreciate Sarah here jumping in. Vikings fan here. You guys have an awesome defense. Go kick some <laughs> up in Philadelphia and pick up that win. Good Excellent. luck. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate, appreciate you jumping it. in there, Sarah. Thank you for uh, for that. Uh, you know, this is this trout brings up the the other side of this. We're, we're talking up this defense, and this defense has played. And yes, Dominic. We, we've talked about the Eagles' schedule. Washington's played many of the same teams, and we're talking up this defense as if it's something good. This defense just held Minnesota to less points than what Philadelphia held them to, right? Like, or I guess actually that is incorrect. Uh, let me double check. Uh, no, they, no, they scored the twenty-four to seven. Yeah, they, uh, so seven. they played a little better. So, but this defense did hold Minnesota to twenty points, mm-hmm. which is very winnable. And they held Philadelphia to 24 points. Philadelphia only scored in the one quarter. Now, granted, it was 24 points in one quarter, and they weren't able to come That's back. all they needed. But uh, what Trout's saying is, I just hope that the offense can allow the defense to catch their breath and at least get us to field goals. This has been the problem with this offense. They only had the one three and out uh, against Minnesota, but it was at a brutal time. Yeah, you know, they they just the drive of the year. They gave up the touchdown. They needed to take time off the clock. They went backwards on a three and out. They lost five yards and took practically no time off the clock. And Minnesota was able to drive down, get the uh, the field goal, and win the game. But Washington has had an issue with those three and outs. Has not sustained drives. Washington really needs to lean on their running backs this game and the running game keeping philadelphia off keep everything in front of them let that defense rest so that they can get after jalen hurts what's your confidence factor and brian robinson and antonio gibson running against this this eagles defense which mind you the the vikings defense was supposed to be susceptible to the pass they weren't able to to pass the ball against them, but Washington had some success on the ground last week, and they had some minor success in uh, week three against Philadelphia. Where do you think, what's your, again, your confidence level with those two running backs against this defense? Well, that's where Philadelphia's defense can be uh, exploited is in the run game. They have a very average run defense. They have a fantastic pass defense. So let's not try and overthink it again, and let's just run, run, run the ball. You've said it from day one of this season that Antonio Gibson is your biggest playmaker. He's the guy that you need out there making the plays in the passing, short passing and the running game. Get him more involved. As somebody said I saw yesterday, what the heck is Brian Robinson bringing to this team right now? He's not, whether it's physical or mental, he's not helping this team right now. Stop putting him in there for the first couple of drives when you punt, punt. You're not going three and out, but you might be going five and out 
or six and out, and you're not sustaining long enough drives, and you're not getting points. So let's stop with this B-Rob being the starter experiment, and let's get Gibby out there, and let's put some points on the board, and then maybe you can bring B-Rob in later as their defense is getting tired, and maybe he can start pounding some guys. So that's what I hope that they'll do is RTDB, run the damn ball as much as possible. I'd like to see him get 35 rushes. And that's how you're going to beat Philadelphia. And, of course, limit your turnovers. We don't want Taylor back there throwing the ball because we know what he does when he goes back there and throws the ball. He turns it over. This is primetime Taylor. <laughs> yeah. I, t- I gave you those stats. Primetime yeah. Taylor. I mean, they're okay stats. Are, they're better they're not, than his. They're not elite, yeah. Th- yeah, they're better than his normal stats, but they're not like you look at them and go, well, oh, they're winning this game. They're not that kind of stats. Let's not get carried away, right? Yeah, that's fair. I I am a little worried about this rushing attack because they have seemed to be inconsistent. And a lot of the big rushes are coming from players not named Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson. How much of Curtis Samuel running the ball should we expect this game against Philadelphia? I don't know how much we should expect. I expect. I expect in the five, six, seven carries. Why not? Again, we've talked about this week after week after week. What we saw in the Jacksonville game, in game one, when I believe Curtis Samuel had seven carries in that game and he was everywhere, where did that go? That was so um, successful. Where did that offense go of Curtis Samuel getting the ball out of the backfield? He had one carry against the Vikings, one for 16 yards and you didn't think or you didn't go back to it yeah you don't think maybe we should go back to that and 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 get him some more touches in the backfield so i would like to see more of curtis samuel more of antonio gibson i like to see him in the early 15 to 18 early early i don't want to see him in the second in the second half only i want to see him all game long get him out there as Kevin says here, whoever you use, we need more two-back sets. You need to put Curtis Samuel back there with Gibson or Brian Robinson or put Brian Robinson and Gibson out there. What I love about that set, by the way, is you can still motion Gibson out to be a slot receiver, mm-hmm. and they still have to plan for, oh, wow, they got two running backs, and then do a late motion, and now they're you know maybe they brought someone close to the line, and you're going to c- catch them off guard. Gibson is one heck of a tool for this offense. Curtis Samuel's one heck of a tool. And if they're used properly, that opens up Terry McLaurin or, you know, maybe a Johan Dotson if he's healthy. Cam Sims seems to get a lot more love than uh, De'Ami Brown right now with Taylor Heineke in the lineup. Just uh, imagine will- just imagine if, if, the, um, if the coach for Philadelphia, Sirianni, right, if he installed that offense – with Washington, okay? Philadelphia has some good weapons. They don't have as deep a weapons as Washington does, okay? They've got A.J. Brown. They've got Goddard. They've got Devontae Smith, and they have Boston Scott, and I forgot their other running back's name. Those are good weapons. They're not Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, um, uh, McKissick, and Gibby, and all those guys. They're not to that level. So design plays as Philadelphia is doing, designing plays to get those guys in space. We saw it in that first Washington game. They designed plays 
to get those guys in space and even their backup uh, tight end. I can't even remember the guy's name, the Elkintrana. Well, I don't know what his name is. Uh, Elkintor. Oh, I forget his name. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, he had a 40 something yard catch because they got him out Alcatara. in space. Elkatone. I don't know what his name is. Right. So, uh, but they do such a good job. That's what we need. We need to design an offense to get these guys in space. And I and I think they actually do design the offense pretty well. They just don't execute it because you see guys. Well, open we open. we talked about it. Uh, the play calling is also suspect, right? Like, and there's some execution there. Uh, Johnny in here. One key is going to be limiting Devonte Smith. Remember what he did to us last game. Let Jamin spy hurts, and I think we'll be good. Yeah, I think Jamin Davis is going to be all over that backfield. My my guess on that mm. one. Uh, Cam Curl, Defoe, let them handle that slot. Wild Goose or Danny Johnson is the one who they went to this last game. Maybe we'll see a little bit of him. A lot of people seem to like that. It's going to be an interesting. Um, Dominic, I'm going to disagree with you here. I do think the the wide receiver core is a little bit closer than what Stoner was just talking about. But Dominic says AJ Brown is easily the best weapon for either team. Going to disagree with that. But that's not Who's the, the best argument. weapon argument we're going to have who for you asking me or are you asking yeah, Dominic? I'm asking you I, to me. I'd still take uh, Terry McLaurin uh, over and not to disparage AJ Brown. I think that mm-hmm. he's good. And yes, I'm wearing the burgundy, you know, yes, I even got the Washington hoodie on and everything like that. But, uh, but Terry McLaurin to me is still a better all the way, all around wide receiver. Need to get that man a quarterback. Uh, there was this <laughs> yeah. one here from Michael. A dollar, dollar, 40 rush attempts or bust. I, I will say this. I'll put a dollar on this. If Washington has 40 rush attempts, they're winning the game. Oh, I, I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. Well, I think either either team, if they have 40, any team pretty much in the NFL, if you can <laughs> rush the ball 40 times, you're probably winning. All right, the game. guy in our ear right now, let us yeah. know when's the last time a team had 40 rush attempts and lost. And lost. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. very interested in finding that one out. <laughs> 1947. That's what I'm being told in my ear right now. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they handle this. And, uh, and then we had a very interesting comment here, which is going to lead us into I think our next big debate, we had a little bit of this on Monday here. Kevin. Let's talk uh, about it. Spoiler alert. This Monday may be Taylor Heineke's last start ever. Hmm. Stoner, you disagree with this. Oh, of course. Of course. There, I think it's perfectly reasonable to say that, that it may be his last start ever. But you when you said something very similar, you said something to the effect of Carson Wentz will play the next game. If he's no, no, no. I said game. you go back to Carson Wentz regardless, regardless. of how Taylor Heineke plays this. That's game. where you went wrong, Nathan, my friend. That's where you used a word you should not have used. Okay. And I'm giving you a chance here on national television right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving you a chance to rescind the word regardless. Right now, are you gonna re- are you gonna take back the word regardless? I think you're. Oh, there it goes. Now I hear it. All right, so you're not taking the word regardless. So you're telling me that if Taylor Heineke goes out on Monday Night Football, okay, 
And he throws for 350 and three touchdowns and 70% passing, and they win 31-17. You're telling me they're going to Carson Wentz next week? No they're, chance, they're, my friend. They're going to go back to Carson Wentz. This no chance, my friend. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, wh- why? Why would they do that? Why would they go back after he just dominated an undefeated team on Monday Night Football? Because that's short-sighted. He just laid an egg against a not to, uh, undefeated team. He threw for less than 150 yards. He had a game-breaking <laughs> interception. Like this, yeah. Like did. you're you're forgetting about this. A, even with 350 yards, Stoner Taylor Heineke will have then averaged over the four-game span span my average. 200 yards a game. You're well, right. You're tr- you are being very short-sighted. Is the is the problem you're going well he had a great game why would you bench him because over the course of the four games that he's had that's the only great game he had so they but they would have gone three and one in those four games which is double triple the amount of wins as sean Sean points out here Wentz was two and four that put taylor heineke at three and one right we all know wins are not a quarterback stat Okay, but he still those, has those, led your team to a win. He did. I'm not, and I'm not trying to put Taylor Heineke. I'm the one who put out primetime Heineke stats today. Okay. Right, right. I'm not in the business of dogging Taylor Heineke. I, we all know where I stand with him. I, I think that he's a quality backup, and I think that he's going to be in this league for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's played great for Washington. Carson Wentz is the better quarterback, in my opinion. And, I agree. And Ron Rivera believes that too. I believe Ron he Rivera does. Went out and got him after having Taylor Heineke on the roster. Right. So that's why they're going to go back to Carson Wentz. Now, Carson Wentz will have a short leash. Uh, uh, um, will he have a short leash? Oh, absolutely. Well, why? We can't have a short leash. He's going to have a short leash for, leash for two reasons. One, they're going to be ever watching that 70% threshold, right? Because they don't want to, they don't want to set it up and lose that. So that's going to be one reason. Okay. Because if, he, if we start losing and we're out of the playoffs, you're going to see Wentz on the bench. It'll okay. have re-aggravated some kind of injury. Right. Or if Washington's not being successful, but still in the race, you can see him getting pulled for Taylor Heineke to maybe give this team that extra muscle because Taylor Heineke was three and one, but you're going to go back to Wentz right away. I mean, I mean, you, you're saying I'm short-sighted, which yeah. And Ron Rivera is short-sighted or he's going to be short-sighted. He's going to be coming off the high. There's no way he can go into that locker room on Wednesday after that win and he throws for 350 and three touchdowns, and they win on Monday Night Football. There's no way he goes into that locker room and says, I'm putting, I'm sitting the kid down and I'm bringing in Carson Wentz. That's how you lose locker rooms. Now, if they go the next week against Houston, which is, I believe, who they play the, the next week, if he goes out there, then he throws out a dud, then you bring Carson Wentz back. But you can't. You can't dump him on a high. You just can't do it. I'm not saying he's going to do it, okay? I don't think he's going to do that. But if he does, 
then they're going to stick with him. That's where the regardless word is getting you in trouble. And you're going to live to regret that word. As Gus Bus points out here, no chance that Taylor has that type of game. Probably Nathan not. can be supremely confident. Yeah. Again, this the Philadelphia defense is good against the pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're probably not going to see a 350 yard passing game by Taylor Heineke. Uh, but you could potentially see a win like we lined it out here for them. And we'll see how it is. I'm also going to point out, like, it, you know, this is this is more less on the Taylor Heineke. This is on Washington. The Jets beat the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Okay. This is an any given Sunday league. Washington right. absolutely can beat Philadelphia. It is not a lost cause. We'll see how it goes. Carson Wentz, Obey says Carson Wentz is the most hated QB. He definitely doesn't seem to get a lot of love. Um, the uh, Paul here, uh, did you forget that the great Tom Brady lost to Eli Manning in the Super Bowl? Uh, you guys act like Kirk Cousins, such a great quarterback. He is not Washington Commanders gave Minnesota that game. Absolutely. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I saw something earlier from you, Allison, on there. Is Taylor Heineke um, Cooper Rush? Quite possibly. I think you know, that's a very good comparison. Very, very close. Uh, Gardner Minshew, only t- Taylor Heineke wins more games than Gardner Minshew. Um, the, you know, these are all top level backups. Mm-hmm. They're great and they're great stories and they're great to have them on the team. And the team does rally around him. I cannot take that away from Taylor Heineke. That's part of it. Something there is something about him that everybody rallies behind to include the fan base. Yeah. And it's, it's great. You want to see that. What well, I, that's part of it. I want to see. I want to see somebody who can get the ball to Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel further than 20 yards consistently. And Taylor Heineke has problems doing that. Yes. So we'll see I how agree. it goes. Uh, now, one of the things that is definitely brought up Johnny here, Carson got sacked 23 times through six games. No thanks. Dude's a statue back there. He definitely needs to get rid of the ball quicker. Uh, that's Carson Wentz. That is how one many times Taylor Heineke that, many, uh, I will bring it up. I yeah, how many it. times has Taylor been, uh, been sacked in the three games? I bet you it's about the same average because 23 times of six games is just about four times a game. I bet you it's really close to that. Six in the three times, games. six oh, times it? over three games. Okay. I, I was wrong. So two, that, two a game. Two a game. Uh, that that means what did we say? He's been, he was sacked 23, 23 in six games, so about me, four a game. Let me double check that to make sure that's accurate there. Uh, not that I doubt our uh, comment section, but I just like to see. Oh, oh, I I'll say I doubt it sometimes. I'm not saying this particular <laughs> one, but there's been some crazy stuff in there. Yeah, 23 uh, times over the six games that right. uh who that nailed he, that? So. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're uh, spot on with that. Spot uh, on. So, yeah, anyway. but um he's definitely a statue back there and Taylor can definitely move around, but the the ability to make bigger plays it comes from Carson Wentz. So yes, I believe, you believe most people who understand that's not that's not the right word most people who watch a lot of football know that Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Taylor Heineke that doesn't mean he should be 
playing instead of Taylor Heineke in certain situations, or that maybe even Taylor Heineke is better for this team because of the offensive line and his ability to use his legs to get out of the way in which Carson Wentz can't do, it seems like at this point. But if they're winning and he's playing well, he's going to stay in there. You can't bench the guy who's playing well for Carson Wentz. You can bench him for Dak Prescott. You can bench him for you know other elite quarterbacks. But for Carson Wentz, I don't think you do that as long as you're continuing to win. If he doesn't, if he goes out there and has a Taylor Heineke game, right? A, a typical Taylor Heineke game, and they don't win, you're going back to Carson Wentz if he's healthy and ready. That's 100. percent They're not. He's not going to be healthy and ready, and they lose that game, and he doesn't play well, and they're not going to say we're sticking with Taylor. No, no, no. That's when you go back to Carson. For sure. Right. The conversation I don't want to have, but I'm going to ask the question. Okay. Is there a time, let's say uh, Philadelphia is up 24 to nothing. Okay. Uh, in the first half again. Okay. Maybe continues that into the fourth quarter. Is there is there a chance we see how? 24 to nothing in the fourth quarter? In the fourth quarter, which it was, by the way, which it was. Was it in the fourth quarter? Or didn't we Washington score in the third quarter? The, Washington didn't score until the fourth quarter this last okay. Um, I think there's a small chance of it. I think it depends on how Taylor's playing. Like if he's playing decent, but you know, um Antonio Gibson is fumbling, or you know what I mean, a lot of just plays that are out of Taylor's hands, then I think there's a possibility that you would see him in the fourth quarter. I I personally wouldn't do it because just switching up quarterbacks like that is just not good for a team. Yeah, it, it depends. Really, I think that you might see him depending on if if Washington is down bad like they were against Dallas last year, right? The the, the 55-14 game. game. Yeah, then, then you might see Sam Howell just because it's just you're not going to – you don't want to continue putting Taylor Heineke out there if you want to go back to him. Not yeah. saying it's idea. Uh, there's a lot of people who are saying no. Yeah, I mean, but the this is a fifth round rookie. You're going to just have to throw him out there eventually. This isn't isn't going to be there. Metaphor is going to put in Armani Rogers. Uh, I would love to see more Armani Rogers. I want to see that set again with him having two running backs mm-hmm. on the side. Let him pass. You know something. He's he's not an NFL quarterback, but he was a quarterback. We'll see how it goes, and uh, it'll, it'll be interesting seeing how this game goes, and I'm interested to find out what our people here in the chat think. You, uh, there was the one up there that said ruining Howell, putting him out there would ruin Howell. Let me tell you what, would, what has already ruined Howell. Sam Howell has already ruined Sam Howell. Sam Howell is a fifth-round quarterback, okay? Name me. More than two fifth round or later quarterbacks who have ever been decent in the last 25 years. Name me more than two because there's two that everyone goes to. It's very easy, and that's Tom Brady and Kurt Warner. Tom Brady was a sixth rounder, Kurt Warner was undrafted. Okay, name me one other one that has been drafted in the fifth round or later. And don't give me the excuses that. 
uh, in the senior year in college, all his weapons left. And he was supposed to be a first rounder if he had left after his junior year. Okay. You just don't all of a sudden, people don't see your skills after you leave, uh, after your, your weapons leave. Okay. So he is what he is. I'm sorry to ruin it for the people who love him. And they fit into two camps. The Howlers, they fit into two camps. The first camp is those who watched him in college and who really like him and kind of followed his career a little bit. And they think that they know him as a quarterback and they're surprised that he was drafted as low as he was. And they've been talking about him and they've been tweeting about him for five years or whatever. And so they're the ones that think that Howell's the real deal. Okay. But they're Twitter warriors. Okay. They, they think because they put it on Twitter that that makes them super smart. Okay. You're not a scout. Okay. And neither am I, but I'm just saying the scouts and the front office people passed over him four and five times each before somebody decided to say, eh, let's just throw it out there and see if it sticks and selected him. So that's one camp. Okay. The other camp is just crazy people. Okay. <laughs> they like, they like the, the unknown. Okay. The, the most popular person in every NFL city is the backup quarterback, right? And especially here in Washington, everybody loves the backup quarterback because they don't know whether he can do it or not. So they always want to see the backup quarterback. Okay. Howell's not it. I'm sorry. He's not it. He's not going to be it. He has a rocket arm. He can run, but I can name you a hundred quarterbacks who had rocket arms and could run and couldn't make it in the NFL because it's not just about your arm and your legs. It's about so much more. How ain't it, people? If he was, he'd have been drafted higher. Get just off the, the howl, howl. What is it? The howl high? The howlers. It's just the howlers. I, I'm not ready to to write off Sam Howe without actually having taken a snap or played a game. So I'm not in the same boat. So if you're going to at somebody in the comment section, come on, at man right, right there is the one you're going to out. And Tony Romo was a good was a good one. Tony well. Romo was is absolutely three. was able to shut you down on that one. Uh, okay, that's three. So uh, th- there's there's three. But you want me to the, name you a hundred that didn't? You don't have to because okay. we're going to move on. I wanted to move on to the cool down, but then I saw uh, some absolute just craziness here from Paul. Uh, oh, Heineke yeah. is playing with less talent than all of these quarterbacks. So many of you are in love with Heineke has never had his full arsenal of weapons to play with. This team hmm. is is I'm not going to say loaded, loaded but they have a bevy of offensive talent right now. And Taylor Heineke threw for 149 yards against one of the worst pass defenses. Hmm. So bevy's I, a good word. Yeah, there there's plenty of there. I, and then this one here, Paul. I, you know, I appreciate you jumping in. And I, again, I'm not trying to knock Heineke or you for that matter. But this take is a little out there. Heineke has not had his defensive weapons to play behind. The defense is what's kept Washington in every single one of these games this year. Like this, this he's Taylor Heineke has what he can to win games. We'll see how it works out for him against Philadelphia. And I do want to hear what you have to say about that. Get those score predictions in the chat right now. And when we get back for the cool down, We'll give you our predictions and do some dollar dollar. The cool down is brought to you by Manscaped. 
Ever since my Nathan started using their products, I can't cool down. Fellas, trust me, go to Manscaped right now and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code REF. Your ladies will appreciate you. Now back to Trev, Stoner, and my Manscaped man, Nathan. 